Hey there, industrial marketer. Welcome to the Manufacturing Marketer Podcast, a show dedicated to all the small marketing teams working at companies that make stuff. We are your hosts, Brendan Forrest and Mary Keogh. And like you, we both cut our teeth in-house at manufacturing companies. Today, we are senior strategists at Gorilla76, an agency dedicated to building revenue-focused marketing programs for industrial companies. Our aim is to help empower you to get a seat at the table and move the needle forward on your goals. Hey, Mary, how's it going? What is up, Brendan? I am stoked. This is the first episode of 2023. We are in the new year. Uh, You and me both had a great 2022 career-wise. So um, today, I just wanted to talk to you about that. What what happened in 2022 and what we're excited about uh, this year. So Mary, like, what are some of the things that, uh, you know, uh, I know we both started uh, at Gorilla in 2021, but towards the end of the year. So, you know, this was like our first full year working at Gorilla. What, uh, what things have been like the most fun things that you learned about, you know, industrial marketing this year? Yeah, I would say number one, biggest thing, um, stuff that I learned is CRMs. I was in deep on multiple client CRMs, like reporting out of them, tying them back to campaigns, trying to tell a reporting story. So I would just say, learning campaigns has been a huge, huge highlight of 2022. And just piggybacking off of the fact that I'm learning it is you get to have better business conversations. So when I'm talking to um, a VP of marketing and sales or a CEO, or even just a marketing manager, I can have higher quality conversations because I have CRM data. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that, Mary, because, you know, like we've, we've talked about in a couple of our CRM episodes, like CRM is not just a marketing thing, right? Like it's a business intelligence tool and it really helps you like really understand the business. So that is one thing that I wish I would have spent more time learning this year. Um, but looking into 23, that's going to be my big thing that I want to learn is CRMs and like, yeah. um, you know, use you as the example on how to, uh, to get in there and do reporting. Um, cause like, it, yeah, the stuff you learn in there is really fun. And I just like just knowing like the buttonology and like how to move yourself around there is it's makes reporting easy. And yeah. So cool. Um, anything else like that, uh, that stuck out to you as big things you learned in 22. Yeah. I did a lot of, um, vacillating in 2022, but like at a very like tactical level. So like beginning of 2022, I was like, LinkedIn is the place to be. And then I was like, no, Facebook, no, back to LinkedIn. Now it's TikTok. So I did a lot of like, you know, yeah, I'm all in on this, which is, you know, very much my personality. I have to like be all in on something. Yeah. Otherwise, like why even care about it? Yeah. Um, but looking back on it and recognizing that I went back and forth so much makes me realize you really do need to experiment in other channels. Yeah. You need to figure out where your audience is, how they like to consume content. And it really, truly does vary based on your audience. It does. And like, that's why like having those conversations with customers all the time is important. And especially like uh, where your customers hang out uh, right now, uh, the first week of 23 might not be the same place to hang out at the end of 23 or at the beginning of 24, right? So like, you gotta be talking to the customers. Okay, so for me- experimenting. Talk to customers and experiment. Yeah. Um, okay. So for me, um, positioning was a big thing I wanted to like nail down. I I started to dabble in it when I was in house and, you know, I was using like Dave Gerhardt's positioning framework and that was pretty helpful to get something that was quick and dirty. Um, but I felt like I was not doing it in a way that really helped me make, cause it was just like, let's build the statement and then we're going to move past it. It didn't really help me do anything else. 
And I read April Dunford's book, obviously awesome. Probably one of my favorite marketing books that's ever been written because it's like, it's just so tactical and like to the point. And the way that she laid out how to do positioning and then what it could do for your business and your marketing was huge to me. Like it, like it just like gives you the the recipe on how you build campaigns, right? Like, so go and figure out who your best fit customers are so you can go and talk to them and do research. Uh, who are those customers considering as their competitive alternatives, uh, right? It's like, so this is who's in the mindset, right? And it could be like, they're not doing anything. They're doing it manually or they're doing, you're using some weird software that you've never heard of. Uh, so like understanding what the alternatives are and then what makes you different, right? Like the, I think that gets down to like every, like, and so that's how I've been building campaigns. And I was like, well, what is, what makes my company or my client's companies different from their alternatives? And then mapping out the value that that feature brings, right? Like, I feel like a lot of times when I was in house, we're just going to dump a bunch of features onto a brochure and say that was marketing. Well, bullet points don't really mean isn't messaging, right? So um, like being able to map that unique feature to uh, a value proposition through, you know, through benefits and then into value was huge. And I think like that gives you the, like the really juicy uh, headlines that really mean something to your customers. Then you figure out your market and then are there any cool trends, right? Like, so like, labor shortages and supply chain issues now. And so like using all that and wrapping that all up together, really create into one sheet creates a great place for you to start your campaigns from and your messaging strategy from. So that was big for me. And then just like learning the campaigns. One thing I, I said when I was interviewing for my position here at Gorilla uh, was I don't know how to do anything in LinkedIn or Google or Facebook. I have no experience um, or the experience I had was, was really rudimentary. And so I really buckled down this year to really learn how to run campaigns. And I feel like I'm pretty good at it now. Um, you know, like, and um, I, I Brendan pretty- is definitely underselling himself. He's really good at running campaigns now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like we've had, me and Mary have had some really fun conversations about uh, setting campaigns up and running campaigns and experimenting in campaigns. So yeah, that's probably what, and then one of my favorite things this year was just getting in there and running experiments and seeing what things worked and what things didn't work. So. Yeah, I think those are probably the two things that I really learned this year uh, or learned last year in 22. So, yeah, it was a good year. It's probably yeah, like, the, like the most growth I've ever had in marketing. Oh, by far, like far and away the highest growth ever. Yeah. So, okay. So what would you attribute that to? Like, why do you think you learned more this year than you did last year? Yeah, I think truly working at an agency, especially one like Gorilla, where you're as a strategist at Gorilla, mm-hmm. you're in a position to get a lot of at-bats. You yeah. get to see a lot of different companies and how they operate. You get to see their business infrastructure. So you get to see their CRM, you get to see their ERP, their marketing automation platform, and even just how they operate internally. So what are their team structure look like? Mm-hmm. And you get to see that now across five to 10 clients. And then I'm seeing it through other strategists at Gorilla who have five to 10 clients. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just truly, you get more at-bats, you get more opportunities to talk to people and see whose customers are doing what, what's working and specific to industrial, which I think is just cannot be overstated how valuable it is that we only work with industrial clients because Mm -hmm. We have so many unique insights that I really didn't even realize were unique insights until you talk to other clients or potential clients about working with us. And they're like, oh, wow, you guys know about what it's like reshoring 
reshoring yeah. manu- American manufacturing. It's like, yeah, yeah, we know about that. We're we're pretty up to date on that. Yeah. Um, and just such a huge differentiator. Yeah. So I, I think the at bats thing is huge, right? Like it's it's hard to learn how to hit a curveball if you're not looking at a pitcher throwing a curveball at you. So yeah, getting the at bats is huge. Um, I'd say um being a part of marketing communities, right? So like uh industrial marketing live. Uh I've learned a lot like through all like our the people in Slack and through our live events. Um, and then you know, like Dave Gerhardt's marketing group, Refine Labs, like you know, all the all the heavy hitters out there that are working SaaS. But then like you have to do the work on the industrial side to translate that language into something that's going to work specifically for our industry because there are nuances. Um, but I'd say like for the most part, like the frameworks and the foundational strategies coming from SaaS. And I, I think some from the consumer side work uh, in industrial, you just got to like, you know, do some fine tweaks. Uh, but then I'd say like things like uh, industrial marketing live and then starting the podcast have been huge for me too. You know, it's a yeah. thing like I can't like get on the microphone and start talking about things I don't know. So I have to like put the work in on the front end uh, to learn it or bring people in. You know, like when we brought Chris Belly in um, to talk about uh, customer experience, I didn't know anything about that. And but like being able to bring him on and have that conversation and talk through that with him uh, really led to a lot of growth. And like, you know, bringing Kevin on to talk about paid uh, social or, you know, Blake Strozik to talk about paid social, like having all those conversations was really important and monumental for my growth. Um, so, yeah, at bats, um, being in communities mm-hmm. and then teaching. Yep. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Mm. Okay. Um, all right. So we're 2023 staring down the rest of January. What are you excited about? Like what, what, like, or what do you want to learn this year? So we had some good learnings in 22. What do you want to learn this year? Yeah, there are a couple of things I'd like to learn from, you know, nitty gritty marketing tactical side, but also just career development wise. So career development wise, I would really love to learn how to be a better public speaker. I think, there's going to be a huge opportunity for Gorilla and other companies who see the light to maximize trade shows and industry events to garner speaker slots rather than exhibition booths. Yeah. So that's just kind of my long-term thinking in that realm. So public speaking is a, a good way to be better if I end up going the speaker slot route. Yeah. Um, um, that's all about a bass. I think Mary, I've done a lot of public yes. speaking, you know, with like the military side and it's just like, yeah, you are very shaky and nervous at the beginning. Um, and then, you know, after like doing it like 20 times, you'll be good to go. And like, you're already doing it. Like, like there's tens of thousands of people listening to this podcast and they all are hearing you public speak. So that's bold. Tens of thousands. <laughs> <laughs> I don't look at our analytics very often. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's public seeing what else? Um, okay. So nitty gritty marketing tactical side. Um, I'm really looking at experimenting with different content strategies. Mm-hmm. So how to reach a very specific audience with a certain type of content. So um, does an advanced manufacturing engineer need a product video to convert? Do they need mm-hmm. a highly technical technical article explaining, you know, comparing one product yeah. to another? Do they need a case study? So just really getting super like deep tactical content sure. strategy. Yeah, cool. Um, okay, so I think one thing for me, I want to learn more about um, like behavioral marketing uh, and bringing that into industrial. Like, there's a lot of um, really good research and things that are 
put out there, but it seems like they're more geared towards like consumers, right? Like the, you know, the, the really large, like Procter and Gamble size companies selling things on, you know, targeted Walmart shelves. But I think a lot of that could be applied here. Um, like, like today you and me had a conversation, uh, about, um, like how to present, um, a product on a webpage. And we kind of talked about like having like the good, better, best situation, right. And like, well, how do we align something into that better, you know, the middle section where you want people to buy, because that's like the less, the least amount of work for your company to deploy and you make the most money doing right. So, um, you know, things like that, I think, uh, could be interesting to learn, you know, even like little things like what size font or what colors to use on paid social, like in experimenting that way on the creative and copy side are things that I really want to learn. Uh, and then, like I said earlier, CRMs, like you, like you went through that training this year. I want to basically just do the Mary Keogh training on CRMs this year and get super good at that. <laughs> nice. I love it. Yeah. Um, okay. So what about, what are you thinking about? Like, um, you know, just marketing trends wise for 23, is there anything that is sticking out in your brain that's going to be different this year than we were looking at in 22? For sure. I think, um, more and more companies are going to want to hear the digital attribution story. Mm -hmm. So if they're investing marketing dollars, sales dollars, just business dollars into digital campaigns or digital projects that could even just be a website redo, they're going to want to know how does this affect my bottom line? Yeah. And especially when running digital campaigns, I think the attribution story is going to be so important. So how are these LinkedIn campaigns going to be tracked to leads, opportunities, and then pipeline dollars? Mm -hmm. That's a hard story to tell, isn't it? It's so hard to tell. Yeah. And it's really, you know, I've told it, God, at least a dozen ways to a dozen different people. And everyone needs to hear it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. So it really does depend on the person and their knowledge. Um, I my recommendation for anyone trying to tighten up their attribution story is make it as simple as possible. Mm -hmm. You're running digital campaigns, right? You're driving leads and opportunities to your website. Don't make it any more complicated than that. If you're not doing anything else, just say, my KPI, my attribution is an increase in high intent form fills on my website. Yep. Why? It does not need to be more complicated than that. Yep. And if your leadership team still isn't getting buy-in, highly recommend doing the how did you hear about us field on your high intent forms. It gives you a lot of insights and just helps you tell the story better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you kind of have to like look to the uh the direct consumer side, right? Like how do you think like food companies or like Procter and Gamble look at that, right? When they run a t like a large TV commercial, like you can't attribute large TV commercials to a sale. Right. Right, for the most part. Uh so you just start looking at like what is the are sales trending up during the time that campaign was running? Like you kind of like you have to kind of live in that gray area of data and be able to do some correlation uh, without necessarily having like all the data points connect to each other very nicely. Um, and, you know, the folks at Refine Labs always kind of talk about this, but like that attribution thing that's out there is because those attribution companies were trying to sell their attribution software. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right? So like you can attribute everything with our software. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a nice message to say, but it's not necessarily true. It's like, oh, we're a marketing yeah. wide. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. And take, yeah, I don't think that Brendan's 
statement should be taken lightly. Like you can use classic measurement tools as your guide. Um, just because it's digital and it's easier to measure certain things doesn't mean it should be used to measure everything. So just try and use common sense and try and tailor your message to who you're speaking to. One question for you on that. Do you think, you know, we hear a lot from the software side about self-reported attribution, right? Do you think like that necessarily works super well in industrial? I've seen it work fairly well. I don't think it works as well as it does in software as a service, but to be fair, I think it's because um, some of our clients and some of the industrial companies I've seen who are trying to run demand gen don't have a solid organic strategy. So I do think your organic social media strategy still needs to have something or, you know, be a little bit more than, you know, just product education and case studies. Mm -hmm. So just something to think about. I think that's another trend I'll see going into 2023 is just more company personnel Mm -hmm. getting out on LinkedIn and industrial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. That was going to be the thing I was going to say was, it seems like there are more industrial companies starting to pick up the torch of demand generation and like doing it full spectrum, right? Like paid social, into organic social, like some even experimenting with podcasts and, you know, long form videos on YouTube, articles on their website, you know, or like organic search coupled with some demand capture with paid search. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be more companies that are doing like a full, more full spectrum demand generation than we have seen in the past. And I think the companies that do that are going to have a lot more success than the ones that are going to, that are focusing on more traditional marketing approaches. Uh, you know, like trade shows and, uh, you know, just relying on distributors to sell your product. Um, I think the manufacturers that get out there and tell their message themselves, instead of relying on a third party to do that, are going to be uh, much better off. Oh, that's an interesting question then as far as trends. Do you see the trade show trend going up, down, or staying the same? Mm, I think it's probably going to stay the same. Like the show is not going to go away, but, you know, I think like, we're going to start seeing people be more creative. Hopefully, and actually, that's probably not true. We're going to see a few companies be more creative with how they do their trade show strategy, and they're going to be successful. We're going to see a lot of companies that aren't going to change anything, and they're going to have you know the the chart go down into the right instead of up into the right uh, with with uh, their trade show. So, um, you know, we're gonna we have some interesting trade show conversations coming up in twenty three that we're excited about on IML. Yeah. Um, and I think we'll, we'll be able to talk about that, but even like, if you go back to our trade show episode from earlier this year in 2022, um, like there are some, I think we had some good conversations around, you know, using your booth as a place for a demo, um, you know, using the speaker slot option, like getting people to get away from the trade show and having a, an offsite location, uh, you know, things like that, I think will um, make that trade show experience work better for companies. But I, I don't think it's going to go away. And I think there's gonna be a lot of companies that aren't going to change anything and they're going to continue to see diminishing results. And there's going to be a couple of companies that, that really step up their game and make trade shows really work for them. Yeah. I love that. Um, the other thing I think I could see this year is more companies experimenting with different types of content. And you kind of already mentioned yes. it a little bit, Mary. Um, but like, it's hard to deny that TikTok's out there and, you know, I, I don't think it's going to go away, even though, you know, all the stuff that's going on with it in Congress. But, um, you know, I think 
TikTok or something like TikTok is going to be here. Well, you know, it seems like people really like short form video, whether it be TikTok or YouTube or Instagram Reels, whatever, like the mm-hmm. thing that's going to win out here at the end. Um, yeah, I think people really like those short form video contents and micro content like that. So um, I think that we're going to, and I've already started to see a lot of manufacturing and industrial type companies on TikTok starting to put content out and, you know, working through what does that, uh, that creative process look like. Um, so I think we'll continue to see stuff like that. And like, I'm interested in the things that you're learning at 23 around, um, you know, types of content that are going to work for different types of audiences. Like, yeah, is a long form case study the right thing? Or maybe is it a more short form testimonial, right? Like, is it like more fast hitting pieces of content instead of like a long form article? Like that is that I think that stuff's going to be uh, interesting for us to kind of ferret out this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think you. Y- Companies will be missing the boat if they think of creating content that they already see on TikTok. So I think the biggest mistake you can make is see, say, oh, it's all these like dancing and comedy videos and like live memes basically on TikTok. And they do a lot of like the trending sounds and stuff. It's a mistake to think of it in that way. So, oh, what are we just going to like make a meme? No, it's like I put some of my content, my really helpful or really tactical content from LinkedIn and just record myself talking about it with some cool animations. Like yeah. that's as simple yeah. as some of my TikTok videos are and people love them. Yeah. So I think you need to think of TikTok as another content distribution channel, right. not fluffy content. Cause I would consider some of that stuff like really fluffy content. Like yeah. you can get really technical and find a niche audience really right. quickly on TikTok. Right. Well, and I, that argument could be said for every social media channel, right? Like YouTube, yes. like you could have a really strong industrial marketing play on YouTube and you like really do really good product demos and have your engineers talking, or you could do like, uh, you know, influencer YouTube where they're doing like pranks and like, you know, preying on children to get ad dollars, right? Like it, you yeah. can do both. Or on LinkedIn, like there's a really good content on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I've learned a lot on LinkedIn this year reading through it, but there's also a lot of weird tech bro type dudes on there that are like like putting weird stuff on there. It's like, yes, yeah, there's people <laughs> the do crying it. CEO. <laughs> right. So like you can uh you can use it either way. And if you choose to use it in the right way, like your audience is there. Like there are definitely like engineers and operations and maintenance and like all those people are on TikTok. Yeah. I agree. Great content. And like, I think to your point, like that content works, like you can bring it over to YouTube. You can bring it over to LinkedIn. Like it doesn't have to be like its own special deal. Ooh, that's actually a good point then. So do you see a trend of almost like content repurposing? So will, will companies finally get smarter in 2023 about content repurposing? I mean, You'd like to think so, but probably the only <laughs> people that will are the people that listen to the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. That's actually a good question too. So um, what is the biggest, that's like, you know, looking back and then looking forward, you know, we always like to make these like big grand predictions about where industrial is going to be next year, the year after. And like you just said, you know, industrial and B2B is slow. They're slow moving. They're slow to make changes what's the big change you did see in 2022? Like, where did you see industrial finally make a right turn as in terms mm. of marketing? Well, so I think that's hard question, Mary, because I think some companies probably make the right turns and a lot of companies don't. Um, hmm. I'll tell you what mine is. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been on a lot of like 
prospecting calls or just like, you know, people reach out to me on LinkedIn and they're just like, Hey, can I run some ideas by you? And I'm like, heck yeah, for sure. And you guys can do that anytime too, listeners, by the way, just DM DM me on LinkedIn. I'll help you out. Um, And a lot of them are finally like, I really want to get my messaging right. I really want to get our story right. Which I think is like so cool in industrial Mm -hmm. because we talk about it all the time on industrial marketing live and at Gorilla 76. It's like your story, your positioning, um, what you're saying to the world, your brand, that's the foundation for everything else. So to see industrial companies and to hear more of them say this is really encouraging. Yeah. Okay. So I think what I saw this year, and this was specifically like in our Slack group, right? Uh, was a lot of people in there really trying to figure out like how do we actually like elevate marketing in leadership size because i think a lot of times you know like my this was my experience but you know the manufacturing engineer operations type people are held to a higher level and standard than the marketing people are because the marketing people tend to be a lot of junior type folks because they're cheaper right like they're a lot less expensive to put on a payroll you know to get someone right out of college that doesn't actually know marketing because they actually didn't learn it in school right um so you end up getting a lot of like young people that that don't have a lot of buy-in with leadership and so the uh Um, you know, I think getting, having those conversations with leadership and really elevating marketing is huge, but I think that is like on an individual level, right? Like marketers taking that step, be like, I actually want to be professional and I want to be a part of these business conversations. Um, otherwise, like, I think there's a lot of like marketers in industrial and in other companies that are just like, I'm good just being the social media boy. And I don't really need to be a part of, uh, you know, business conversations. So, um, Yeah. So that's not every company taking the trend, but there are like individual marketers that are starting to make that push, I think. And I, I was in the same spot like back in 21, 20. Like I actually want to make a difference with marketing and I want to be successful and have a good career in this. And I knew I had to start reaching out and joining communities. And what's what led me to here to Gorilla was like just like getting myself in the door and like asking questions. But there's a lot of marketers that don't do that and they don't care to do that. So, and they're just going to kind of sit where they're at and their companies are going to sit where they're at because they don't have a marketer that wants to take initiative. Yeah, 100%. I think marketing is the missing strategic business function of industrial companies. Hot take. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's like the big change that we would like to see out there is that industrial companies go away from the super heavy sales led function and lean more on marketing to help develop that message that develop a story and distribute the, that message and story. Cause a lot of times it just feels like it's all on, you know, the, uh, the salesperson. So I don't know how long yeah. that can last. I feel like at some point it's got to give because it's just, it, I think it just, it costs way too much money to do that with a salesperson, right? Cause you're doing one-on-one touches and you know, that person, like that salesperson is usually a little senior in their career, right? So they're more expensive to keep on payroll and like they command pretty high you know, salaries and commissions when they sell. And that gets pretty expensive where you, you can bring a marketer in. The, the issue with industrial marketing is we are all on small marketing teams, right? So if you are a on a one person marketing team, like there's probably not a person at your company to mentor you. And that's probably the hardest thing there is in industrial marketing. Um, and if you're not like, if you don't know that there are marketers on LinkedIn that are like giving away all the secrets for free, or if you don't know about this podcast, or you don't know about refined labs, like you're SOL kind of like, you're kind of screwed, right? Yeah. Like I was very, I feel like I was very fortunate to fall into this network of people, Yeah. but it's really easy. Like to have, like, if I didn't interact with people on LinkedIn, I would not be anywhere near where I'm at right now. I wouldn't have yeah. learned anything at 22 about marketing probably. 
Agree a hundred percent. Yep. Oh man. But so it's like, how do you like, I think that's the thing that we're trying to do with the show is like find those struggling marketers that are out there in, you know, one person teams and Hey, bring them into the fold. And like, we, we're here, we'll help you. So if anybody out there knows that person, invite them to the show, invite them to IML uh, and get them a part of the community uh, because that's how we're going to change marketing, right? Is one person at a time, I think in industrial. Yeah, I could not agree more. Um, like Brendan said, like definitely check out the show for sure. If you know somebody, refer them. The Slack group is bumping right now. Like it is, yeah. If you're like Brendan said, like if you're talking, if you're trying to do it all one way, so one directional, as in you're listening to somebody else, you're reading, you're consuming a lot, but you're not able to get that back and forth with a learner. That's where Industrial Marketing Live Slack channels, we are seeing super specific situations at industrial companies with industrial marketers, and yeah. they're finally getting that two-way street. Like, can you yeah. give me feedback? How do I do this? How can I implement this at my company? Oh my God. If I had IML Slack group two years ago. Right? Oh, I know. Man. Yeah. Agreed. So mm, 22 is a good year. I am very much looking forward to 23. Me too. Same here. So, be great. Um, all right, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the show. Uh, we have a live event that we do every other week. Uh, so starting um today uh, i think when i'm gonna get the show launched today so if you hear this one <laughs> in the morning <laughs> uh, join us for iml so the first and third thursdays of every month now so we got rid of the tuesday show so first and third thursdays at 10 a.m central 9 a.m no 10 a.m central what is that 11 a.m eastern that's how time yeah. <laughs> 9 a.m mountain 8 a.m pacific yep. there you yep. go <laughs> if you're outside of that you got to look at your google account i don't know um, but yeah, so 10 a.m. Central. Um, I don't, oh yeah, first show is going to be Google Ads. So we're talking about Google Ads today. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. So we actually didn't talk about Google Ads at all in 22. Yeah, I know. I was surprised. Crazy. We did, we didn't have a ton of questions, like maybe some, but I think this is going to be a super fun, very tactical episode. Yeah. yeah I think we'll have Kevin on for uh, with us. Um, Heck yeah. Again, like this show is going to come out on that morning. So yeah, join us in a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise yeah uh, not, we're, we're we got topics built out into i think q2 so uh join us please um there's a lot of people that are in the, in that call so join us uh mary let's talk about slack we've talked about slack a lot um oh we got a guest hi maggie yep maggie's uh, here she's gonna she's gonna join us for this yes iml slack if i didn't hype it up enough just now please join us um, you can DM Brendan or I on LinkedIn, yeah. Brendan Forrest, Mary Keo with Gorilla76. We'll get you hooked up. Um, there's over a hundred marketers on there right now, yeah. which is so cool. We started so, with, I think like 30 when yeah. we opened this in April and we're already at over a hundred. It's yeah. awesome. And those 30 was like half of the Gorilla team. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's bumping in there. So come please join us in there. It's fun. Um, yeah, everyone, thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll catch you on, uh, where are we gonna catch you, Mary? On the flippy flop? On the, on the flippy flop. On the flippy flop, that's right. All right, all right, peace out, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>